Sis Talk is an expression of our views, experiences, goals, life stories. We will embark on womanhood, sisterhood, spirituality, friendship, and much more. Join us as we navigate this thing called life through our Sis Talk. I'm Jakari. And I'm Jariah. And we are Sis Talk. Welcome to Sis Talk. We are so happy to be back uh, during the month of March. We did take a break, which is Women's History Month, to recharge, rejuvenate, relax, and really kind of get our minds together so we can bring you some heavy hitting topics. So I'm Jakari. And I'm Jariah. And this is Sis Talk. So thank you all for joining us. Um, this month is April. And for those who are not familiar, the month of April is known as Financial Literacy Month. So this episode is episode number six, and it's called Money Talk. So we all love money. So let's get into the nitty gritty and talk about some conversations in regards to minorities, um, talking about money and what that looks like. So Jari, go ahead and kick off the first question. How do you feel minorities are at a disadvantage versus our counterparts says all right so uh for those who are not familiar um i love finances i love managing money um i just recently became a nationally certified financial counselor and so my goal specifically with becoming certified not as just specifically for the money uh, but number one really to make uh, minorities feel empowered about finances and money because we are at a disadvantage in regards to our white counterparts who have been taught from a young age about money, how to invest, how to do stocks. Um, and so I really feel like minorities are at a disadvantage. Um, I am happy to say, though, that uh, Black families are doing more now to educate their children about finances at an early age. Um, so that is a good thing that has kind of taken place more recently. However, again, like I said, we're still at a disadvantage because uh, we're not paid somewhat in certain um, particular areas the same amount of money. Um, credit is very important in regards to buying a home or even purchasing a car. And so it is very important for minorities to take advantage of educating themselves and empowering themselves in financial literacy. Um, as I said before, many of our white counterparts have been taught that from a young age. They have um, trust funds that are set up for them. They have someone pretty much leaving them um, big, large amounts of money um, if they pass away, whether that's a grandparent or that's a parent. So they are more likely to be set up more fiscally uh, than uh, minorities. So um, I want to make sure, like I said, with this topic that we're educating people that they can turn around their financial uh, situations, no matter what mom or dad's finances may have looked like. It is a new day and a new age, and you can do financially whatever it is that you set your mind to as long as you stay disciplined and you're accountable. Um, Jari, what do you feel like are some of the disadvantages um, versus our white counterparts? And I don't think it's necessarily even just the white counterparts. It's like so many other, I mean, of course, we're going to compare it to the majority um, so that we're still including like Asian Americans, Hispanics. So I think like, you know, for me, we are kind of more so at a disadvantage um, when it comes to 
um, securing jobs, having the same pay rate as others. And I mean, that also varies when we bring into sex. Um, so like females make more than men, well, make less than men, and then also our race. So that plays a, a big part in it too. And also our um, our environmental factors. So like where we're raised, um, the opportunities that we have, because we don't have the same opportunities as every other as all of our other counterparts, well, necessarily um, those that are white. Um, so I think that it plays a huge part in how we move forward, like as in like when we go to high school, when we go to college, like how we pay for college, um, what degrees that we choose. And I think also too, like, you know, for a very long time, we're taught um, that, we haven't really been taught the, um, the power of generational wealth. A lot of things that I've seen lately, um, and this is not for all African-Americans because some African-Americans are raised in a very strict home and they're taught financial um, literacy at a young age and they learn about stocks and all of that. But what I've seen with like millenniums is that if you look nice and you dress nice and you got a Gucci bag, Louis bag, like people think that you're rich and you up and you got money. And it's like, you know, that somebody will spend a whole, like all their money on like a bag or um, looking like they got a bag, but then they have nothing in their savings account. They have nothing put up for a rainy day. Um, they have nothing to leave behind this earth if, you know, they were to leave this earth for their kids or for their loved ones. So it's like, you know, just understanding that wealth is not, oh, if you look nice, you got money. And I think we all understand that. But also, I think sometimes we say we understand it, but we don't really understand it because we still do it. And especially, um, african-americans um and not only just african-americans of course other people other races do it as well but this is something that i've seen a lot with like the millennials and um also too like i think car you know like we are like we love your daddy um but he talked about this too like on his album about how like you have like say if somebody is like selling drugs and then you get all this money but you living in a project and you don't have you don't own your own house you don't own your own car you don't know how to get a, a a business and turn it legal and if you are doing it then you're not doing it with the as with the intentions on actually keeping and maintaining that business so I think you know us being at a disadvantage uh, of understanding how to use those skills of, like if that is something that you're good at okay you can be an accounting <laughs> you can run a business um, and understanding how to maintain those things for generational wealth and not just I look nice so I'm up yeah, I agree you hit on a lot of key topics and what you kind of talked about too, Jariah. And the album that you're talking about is Untrapped. And for those who do not know, I am a huge Gotti fan. <laughs> so I listen to him very often. Um, but that is very accurate. Um, I feel like too, you know, when you grow up, sometimes if your parent doesn't necessarily view money in a good way and more of a negative way and they speak of it in a negative way, um, those things are uh, more than likely to pass to the children to view money in the same regards. And so they very well may not be, you know, fiscally responsible with their money. They may spend every dime that they have because they may be seen a parent or maybe a family member um, abuse and kind of use money to their advantage. 
Um, so it is very important, like you said, Jirai, to kind of set yourself up to be and to be to be the change and to be the difference that you want to see in your family. Um, that brings me to my next question. I'm going to ask you, Jariah. So, how important is it to teach your children about financial literacy? It's very important. Um, you know, I think too, like we, and this is super important, like because me and you grew up very different from how Brooklyn's growing up. Like we grew up in the projects we grew up in a trailer park so it's like not that we were just piss poor like didn't have anything but I mean for majority of our life like I had never even had my own room until I went off to college so it's kind of like you know Brooklyn's had her own room since she was born <laughs> so she doesn't even understand like the concept of hand-me-downs or sharing is caring she hasn't had to share with anybody um and, you know, I, I love my mom and I appreciate everything my mom did. Like my mom was real hard on us growing up and she instilled in us everything that we have today that has made us so successful, seeing her struggle and not wanting to struggle and just going after our dreams. But, you know, I didn't understand when she would go into a store and she would be like, you know, don't pick that up. Like I ain't, I'm not buying everything that you see, you know, and understand the importance of money because we never had that conversation until like we were older like in high school and able to understand that like when I was 15 and I got my first job and I was like okay like what should I do with my money for Brooklyn Brooklyn thinks that money just kind of grows on trees she is very (laughs) privileged as I would call it um and anything that she wants I mean for the most part like I get it for her unless she's like being a negative reinforcement needs to take place and I need to take away something that she's that she's been given as a privilege because she's not abiding by the rules but other than that you know Brooklyn doesn't really understand like okay a hundred dollars pays a cell phone bill she just she understands that that's a hundred dollars but she's like okay and like you know my mama got a hundred dollars like mama you gonna pay that or mama can you send me money for my amazon card mama can you buy me i'm like brooklyn money does not grow on trees so i've been thinking too like and i know car you've been on this a lot with her like teaching her like the importance of money and having her set small goals and i know she just set a small goal like she want to have she wants to raise three hundred dollars on her own um so she can like invest it into her business as she wants even though she has her own personal account with me she already has that amount of money but if she wants to own her own (laughs) earn her own money I'll let her do that so I think it's important to just teach them too like how money does not grow on trees like you can't just see something and be like here mom buy it and I'm guilty of that because we didn't grow up being able to do that so I've done it a lot with Brooke and I'd never have really like been like, hey, baby, like you can't just go in there and spend thirty dollars on candy and toys for you and your friends and then leave and then want me to give you thirty more dollars. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. So, I mean, it's very, very important. What do you think, Kari? I think it's essential. I think it's the key to the future. I think. My, you know, my motto is I like to educate myself and be more aware about any um, topic so that I can make more of an informed decision. And so I really do work with Brooklyn on that because I do feel like she's living a different life than what we lived. Um, obviously, we didn't live in poverty, but we also she has a lot of things and luxury that we necessarily didn't have. And I find myself having like difficult conversations with her because 
she does think like that. Like, oh, you know, she has a cell phone and she's eight years old. She's had a cell phone probably since she was like seven or six. And, you know, I have to explain to her, you know, Brooklyn, you know, we didn't have those items when we were your age, or we didn't have an iPad then, we didn't have our, you know, own room then. So I think it's very important to instill um, educating your kids about things that maybe you weren't aware of when you were a kid, because it helps you make more life-informed decisions. Um, I really started to focus on, like, finances when I was in my master's program, which by that time... I already was like 23. Um, and for me, I always try to make sure that I start doing goals, setting financial goals for myself. So saving money, you know, for an emergency. Um, I like to go on vacation a lot, but a lot of people don't know I budget throughout the whole year to go on vacation so that I'm not constantly having to pull money from different areas. So it's essential that we work with our kids so that they can have a better life and make better informed decisions because they know better. And so therefore they do better. Um, it means nothing if you have all of this designer, all of the nice clothes and all of these things, but you don't have anything to leave behind when you, when you die and leave this earth. Because again, you can store up all kind of, you know, items and possessions but what legacy did you leave on the world? Did you make a difference in your community? Did you educate? Did you mentor? Um, you know, a number of different things. And so I think it is very important to educate your kids about the importance of crediting, the importance of budgeting, uh, the importance of maintaining your credit so that you can get a home. You know, you don't have to have a co-signer. You don't have to pay high interest rates because, we see that a lot in our community that you're paying so much double interest on something that our white counterparts can go and they're not paying as nearly as much interest. I mean, by that time you didn't pay all of the interest on the car, you could have bought you another car. So I think it's essential that we, you know, start making a difference um, in our homes um, with our children. And even as adults, um, I don't think it's ever too late for you to make sound decisions um, in regards to your finances to turn it around. Um, I really hate hearing people say, oh, it's too late or I'm too old. Like when you have that mentality that you're enslaved because you have the option to do better if you choose to take action to make better decisions. But if you stay in this whole mindset of, oh, I'm too old, I can't do this, or it's too late for me, it's never too late for you. If you want to make a change, be the change that you want to see in your life. And I think that that's very important. So, Ryan, you want to ask the next question? So, um, how much should the emphasis be on assets versus designer or looking rich? And I mean, I can just go first this real quick because I already kind of talked about this. Um, I just think that the emphasis should be more so on, um, like you were saying, Carl, like assets, like you did something you've always kind of like instilled in me, like wanting to do like, hey, um, like being a homeowner, like having your, like you're a super strict and like discipline when it comes to money and like I know for me like at when I was in undergrad I never was like I was the type of person like I just buy myself whatever I want I'm I'll live off the yellow um, it's not like I'm really like 
YOLO really, but I'm just like, okay, whatever. I don't really care. But you've always instilled in me, like, you know, Dryad, it. What do you want to leave behind? Like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to be a homeowner? Do you want to save money? And that, you know, we kind of went through like our thing in undergrad where you came up with like this Excel document and you just trying to show me like how much money I had coming in and then like where my money was going when it came out. Um, and our pastor kind of talked about this, about how, you know, you controlling your money and your money not controlling you. So I think too, that's important. Like, I don't really care about designer stuff. I never have, like, it's, I bought like, like got red bottoms Gucci stuff I don't even wear it so and red bottoms really hurt my feet so it's like I'd rather keep $800 in my pocket and have it that if somebody needs it or we it's a rainy day like even like COVID corona happened and a lot of people were not prepared for it they weren't able to like have money set aside for groceries um and just day-to-day like you know having toilet paper like food and household items being locked in the house and you know for me uh um I was a frontline worker. I worked the entire time through Corona. There wasn't a time when I was not at work Um, and we don't get links or none of that. We don't get the medical card. So we pay cash for groceries. So, you know, we already had that money, you know, car set aside to budget for groceries. So I think we did really well on that. Um, But I think, you know, the emphasis, I think with millenniums, we just think that everything is about if it's up, it's, if it's up then it's stuck if you look nice then you up so but then it's like you get with somebody who look nice they don't have nothing to show for they sleeping on mattresses they ain't got no car they in the club it's 20 people drinking from one bottle like it's just a stretched out I, I say it stretched I mean scratch you know stressed out scene but what you think sis yeah, no, I think you're going to hit on it. Like, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with having designer, but you don't want to just have designer and nothing else. Um, I think you have to have a balance um, and know your limits for what you can afford and what you cannot afford. Um, and I think there's this whole thing too on social media about what society kind of normalizes for what people you should have this or you should be wearing these shoes you should be driving this car and it seems as if people kind of look down on others who may not be living in that particular setting or that kind of um I guess cloud chase you can say um so I think like I said I want to make a note of that like it's not bad to have designer like I love designer stuff but I also for me I will save throughout the you know the year I'll treat myself if I've made maintain my financial goals or I'm rewarding myself but not putting myself in a position where I don't have you know you buy a Louis bag but you don't have a thousand dollars in your savings account well what's the point of buying a thousand dollar bag if you don't have a thousand dollars in your account so it just, I feel like having a balance and also understanding living um, within your means and not trying to overextend yourself um, financially because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Because at the end of the day, when all is said and done and, you know, something happens, like that designer ain't going to pay the bills. You know, the homies that you was at the club with or that you've been kicking with and, you know, spending your money with, you can't turn to them and ask them hey can you can I can I borrow $20 and so it is just really important like I said to find a balance but to also know living it within your means is fine and it's okay like I said not to have the latest car not to have the latest uh J's or the latest red bottoms or the latest Louis Louis bag because at the end of the day those are just things and I feel like 
we put too much of an emphasis on things that are just things. You can't take them when you leave this, this physical earth. And um, I think, like I said, you know, people just need to understand that it's okay not to have the best of, uh, you know, the best of things. And it's also okay if you work hard for certain things that, you know, you're able to get those, but just really finding a balance, I think is really key um, there. So I'm happy, like I said, we kind of talking about some of these things because I feel like we hear a lot about this in the media and it'll have you feeling some type of way or feeling like, dang, I'm not accomplished or dang, like I don't have nothing going on for myself. And it's like, you know, you shouldn't put a value on these facades because as we've seen throughout history and time, like just because you have money, that also doesn't mean you're going to be happy. Like money does not define you. It does not bring happiness. In some cases, it can bring a lot of, you know, bitterness a lot of you know evilness and just you know a lot of treachery so um I like I say it's fine like I said to you know have these things but having a balance and also understanding that they don't define who you are as a person and, and they're not everything so I think that's a key um so Jariah what do you feel like your definition of financial freedom means to you like what would that look like if you could have a total financial kind of freedom i mean i feel like to take care of my family and like leave things for them like i feel like my goal is to make sure brooklyn college is paid for um that she i can buy her a car um that i can buy mama a house grandma a house like that's my definition of financial freedom not having um student loans um not having like credit card bills and I mean not that I have those but I'm just saying like not having excessive amount of debt like I know a lot of people have like thousands of dollars worth of credit card debt or um you know student loans I mean I just feel like that comes with the territory like if you trying to go to school and get an education they ain't giving us free college I mean what they expect so and I think that's a form of systematic racism <laughs> within itself but that's a conversation for another day but um yeah I just kind of think just having generational wealth and not designer stuff like I don't you know I don't really you more of a designer queen than me Jakari I don't really care too much I bought some red bottoms and my toes hurt it and I just can't I want to buy no expensive shoes so that's not um financial freedom to me being able to just that's nice to buy yourself whatever you want whenever you whenever you want to buy yourself stuff but I think more so of the longevity of having it and being able to keep it as financial freedom to me what you think yeah, I agree you know, on a lot of topics. I mean, we have a lot of similar kind of um, goals in life. And I definitely will say my number one is to be able to take care of my family. Like I want to be in a position where like mom doesn't have to have a bill at all. Grandma don't have to worry about nothing. Um, I want to be in a position where, you know, I, when we go on family vacations, like I tell them, don't worry about it. Just pack your bags. We're going. Uh, same with my homegirls like you know we do that a lot we go on friends trips I'm a traveler I love to see the world uh, we live in a small town and for so for me like I like to explore I like to go on vacations I like to try new things and so you know I want to be able to travel go to different countries um, you know cross them off my but you know cross things off of my bucket list and then also not to have debt um, you kind of talked about that a lot like student loan debt it comes with the territory but I want to be in a position where you know debt is not a thing to me at all you know 
and I'm specifically referring to, you know, um, student loan debt, I want to make sure, like I said, we have um, assets, not like a, a number of assets. Um, I also think that it's very important to have multiple streams of income. Like I want to make money while I'm sleeping. So I work constantly throughout the day and throughout the weeks. Uh, people tell me all the time, Jaquar, you're a workaholic, you're a workaholic. Yeah, but like they say, the early bird gets the worm. So for me, I'm making sacrifices throughout my, you know, my 30, I'm 30 years old now, you know, to make sure that I'm setting myself up for the future. I want to make money when I'm asleep. You know, I want to have my hand in real estate. I want to have my hand in my financial business. You know, I want to do a number of different things that I feel like will set me up for the future. And then last, I would say financial freedom. I want to be able to help other people like in my community. Um, I feel like, you know, growing up, Jariah, like, we have both, you know, achieved a lot of different goals and really kind of made our staple in our community. But I want to do more than just, you know, what can I do? What can, what service can I render to my community? Like donating to different local organizations, sponsoring young girls to go to prom, which we've done that. Sponsoring a girl to go to college, helping um, single mothers in our community. So, like for me, it's a, it encompasses so much. But taking care of the family is number one. Um, I want to also be able to help my church pay off their mortgage. Um, I think that that's also very important as well. So for me, like I said, it's just really giving back um, and helping my family and my loved ones accomplish the goals that they want to accomplish while they're making, um, you know, our community, our families a better place. So that's what I would say financial freedom look like looks like to me. Andrea, you want to um, answer, ask the next question? I mean, that's a good point that you hit off of too. Like, I think too, like, you know, I know we have like a non-for-profit and people probably don't know about that. But like, you know, we actually did like a prom giveaway where we like pay for people to like go to prom and like get their nails done and like their hair done and they makeup. And I think that's was super dope to me. That made me like super happy to be able to be that for somebody else. Cause I remember when we both was going to prom and I wouldn't really know prom type of girl I didn't even go to prom half the like most of the years in high school but car you were and I feel like it was really expensive and me and you only 18 months apart so mom is having to double back and do both so I think you know even being able to be that beacon of support for your community and supporting others who may not have it like that's financial freedom too so I'm glad you hit on that um but the last one is, what are some of your short-term and long-term financial goals, Kari? I kind of hit on mine a little bit. Um, my short-term financial goal is to just eliminate any credit card debt that I may have. Um, I have not used a credit card all year. Um, that is kind of one of my short-term financial goals. Uh, sticking to my budget, uh, which I'm typically pretty good at that, Um I'm very budget budget conscious, you can say. Um, I do watch every dollar that I spend and I budget down to the, the penny. Um, so that's one of them. Um, I also have been actively like preparing for things. So like for Christmas, I pull money for that every month where like I'm in an organization. So for my dues, I've been paying on those early. So really getting ahead um, has been a really short, like a big short-term goal of mine. So that I'm setting myself up for the future. 
Um, I feel like a lot of times for like Christmas, people go crazy and spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars, you know, trying to get things or going into debt. And that was a thing that I said last year I was not doing. Um, whatever I budget for throughout the year is the funds that I'll have um, to spend and shop with for Christmas. So like those are some of my like small short term goals. Um, financial goals anyways. And then long-term would just to be, like I said, not to have any student loan debt. Um, I am going to be rolling out my financial business very soon. So that's something that's huge. I want to make sure that I'm growing that business. Um, also kind of, like I said, dabbling in multiple streams of income. I want to have my hand in real estate. I want to have my financial business and I want to have, I have a few non-for-profit organizations so really putting, you know, making my staple in my community, but also building my brand um, and having multiple streams of income. So those are some of, like I said, very small. I knew, obviously I have a whole slew of other ones that are more on a larger scale, but those are the ones that I will share specifically with everybody. What do you say, Jariah? I mean, my short-term goals is just like you were saying, just paying off stuff. Like I'm already been like, really done a lot of that stuff but like still just kind of like cleaning up some little last minute things um I would say another short-term goal is just to stay disciplined it's so easy to not be disciplined when you like every time you take a step up the ladder and then like you make more and then like you know we was reading those we have a book club and we was our first book that we read was a financial book and it talked about it's not how much money you make it's how you how you're disciplined with your money a lot of people think that if I make more money man I could like that's when I'll be able to save no it starts off saving the small things so even when you get to a a different level like you don't feel like okay I just can do all of this and then not save anything and then expect for me to see um some type of positive um come from like my increased salary it doesn't work like that like you have to it has nothing to do with the amount of money that you make it has everything to do with how you spend and how you save so that's always been like my short-term goal make sure I stay disciplined um I always try to tie um I'm getting to the point where I as soon as my money touches my hands or my check comes in the first thing I'm doing is tithing that goes to the church I know Michael Ty was kind of talking about this like you know even if you don't have God first in your life he's still first so just kind of like making sure I do that first um and then everything else is what I divvy up and say okay this is go to there this goes to here so making sure I stay disciplined in that that's a short-term goal because I can easily always think like man okay I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and then Next by I look up, I didn't just spent whatever I didn't even need to spend. So um, and then some of my long-term financial goals is um I want to open my own recovery home. We have such a high rate of substance use in, in, in our town. And it's like it's super unfortunate, you know, for a lot of people who don't know. Um, I am a certified alcohol and drug counselor. Um, I have my master's in counseling. And I'm also, um, I do a lot of like um, EMDR, which is a trauma-focused um, psychotherapy. If you don't really know what it is, um, you should really look it up. It's really dope. But we do not have good, like, 
recovery homes in this area. Like we have the women's center, the warmest center, the good Samaritan. We have the lighthouse. We do have places, but somewhere to give them long-term stay where we're meeting their goals and actually preparing them to make that transition, especially for minorities. And there's a need for it. There's so much substance use in this area. Um, I can't tell you how many times I hear people overdose and dying from substance abuse. And I, we just need, it's, it's a really a big need in that. Um, I also want to have eventually like me and some of my friends are talking about trying to open up counseling centers in like different countries um, that's one of like my really long-term goals is like going and actually giving people services like mental health services um, that aren't available especially for minority populations because sometimes we don't believe um, in mental health or actually saying I have depression or saying I have anxiety or um, I may have a mental health disorder because you know we're always taught to like the church is our healer and you know so we neglect those um, things like depression anxiety um, those stigmas as black folks like to call it we ain't crazy so actually being able to help people do that and you know car you know I love fashion one of my ultimate goals is to have my own clothing store one day but that's just a few things so as far as tips uh financial tips so so financial tips that I would like to offer is make sure you're staying abreast and reading. Um, knowledge is power. And as Jariah talked about, we have a book, I have a book club that I started and we started off our year with a financial book. And so I have made it one of my goals specifically to make sure that I'm reading a financial book at least every quarter. If not, if I can't, um, every few months so that I'm staying abreast of new tactics, new tips, new techniques, um, that will help me be better, a better spender, a better um, money thinker, um, and just overall to make me more aware of things that may be innate that I may not have been aware of. Um, I think that it's very important, like I said, to continue your journey and learning things so that you can empower yourself in your decisions and your thoughts and your actions. And in order to do that, like I said, we don't have all of the answers. Like you're not where you're at right now is not the person that you're going to be when you're 45 or when you're 50. So you have to constantly work towards those things um, and educating yourself, making yourself more aware. And I also want to say it's never too late to pick up a new trait, a skill, a trade, because there are ways for Black people to make money that is legal and a lot of it. But we have to be willing to put ourselves out there to try to figure out what it is that we can offer. What can we bring to the table? Um, I also want to say, make sure that you're taking care of your credit. Um, credit is a huge thing. It is power. It is more powerful than the dollar in itself. So you want to make sure that you're maintaining um, a good credit score, a good credit report, a good credit rapport in general, because again, it can make or break your financial situation when it comes to trying to buy a home or buying a car. Um, wealth is knowledge. It is power. And, um, you know, I just think, and I would love to see more people taking advantage of being more fiscally responsible. If you want to go on that trip, save money for that trip throughout the year. Treat yourself. 
You do not want to be a slave to your money because at the end of the day, you know, we are working a job, you know, we are, you know, uh, chasing our careers, but you also want to be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And you can do that if you are fiscally responsible, if you budget, if you save. Um, it is so important to put money away in the event of a rainy day. Like Gerard talked about, COVID hit. People were making hundreds and thousands of dollars, lost their job. And for those who planned for these type of rainy day situations or, um, you know, catastrophic situations, we're in a good situation, we're in a good place. And then those who had nothing, we're, we're trying to figure out how am I going to make it when things were already tight? Now they have no income. So please, people, please take responsibility for your actions. Make a decision to do better every day. Monitor what you spend. If you can live without it, you may want to second guess whether or not you need to buy it. Um, and Jariah probably will laugh because I ask her that all the time. She loves her fashion, and, and every time, <laughs> and every and every time she sends me something, I'll say, "Can you live without it?" And, and she'll, be, she'll say, "Yes," but I really like it. I don't. I sometimes, sometimes she may say, "I don't think I can." And I say, "Yes, you can. You'll be all right." <laughs> so I just think that it's very important, like I said, to to know um, that the sacrifices that you may have now will pay off in the future and so that's kind of what I have to say is my last tidbit what about you drive I just think to having somebody to hold you accountable I think in having like-minded people around you or somebody I always tell my clients like you always want to be with somebody that's the opposite of your strength or the opposite of your weakness. So if I'm weak in an area where I'm not necessarily financially strong, I want to be with friends who know about that so they can help me get to that place that I inspire to be. If I'm around every single person who we all got the same thing in common, like if we all use it and none of us want to be sober, we're never going to get anywhere. So I, uh, I appreciate having you know I have to send things to my sister because I be mean my own mindset it, it don't be good sometimes I'd be like you know what I can't live without it I'm just gonna buy that and I'll get my sister one and I so I have to like make sure like I have somebody that holds me accountable somebody that's doing something that I want to do I'm not saying that you know I think sometimes we have the um we have like that stink face where we don't want to be around other who are actually doing things that we don't have. Like, I don't care if you're doing teach me how to do it so I can learn, so I can be more successful, so I can show somebody else. And I know that's, you know, how I've learned how to be, you know, so good at my job by watching other people, you know, that came before me and actually being able to learn from them. So I would give a tip on that, like finding people who are, financially stable or who have a good idea of what financial wealth is and I'm not talking about scamming because this generation think that all we need is a quick buck and a quick car crack to come up and then it's like still nothing to show for it because eventually you always looking over your shoulder hoping that you know somebody don't kick your door down or the police don't come get you and take you to jail for fraud so it's kind of like you know having like-minded people, people who want to take you to the next level. And also just being disciplined and, you know, understanding that just because somebody else is on the gram showing you 
everything that they got does not mean that that person is happy or you don't know what they have to do to get that stuff. So be confident in like your growth process and where you are and knowing that like wherever you want to be, as long as you discipline, you put your mind to it and you work hard for it, like you'll get it. So that was just, you know, my tips. I think you hit on a key thing too, Raya. What you talked about too was accountability um, with having someone that holds you accountable. That is so important um, to make sure that you are uh, meeting up with somebody to challenge you specifically. Like if you know that there's an area of weakness and you want to make it a strength, you want to have somebody that's going to say, okay, have you done this? Checking in with you. That is important. Um, also mentorship. Um, I always say too, you want to have somebody that knows more than you so they can challenge you to think to think deeper, to think harder, to go after things that you necessarily wouldn't go after. Um, uh, because you cannot you have and, and it's okay to have your group of your same group of friends, but you also want to have people outside of your group of friends who are going to challenge you, who may be doing different things, who may have their hand in this and have a hand in that. Um, that is one of the essential pieces of success is having someone that can challenge you, but also show you the way in the same token. And I think sometimes as women, we struggle, like some women struggle with that. And I ain't one of them because I just kind of feel like if I see somebody doing their thing, hey, sis, I see you. I'm proud of you. Go ahead. And if it's something that I'm trying to learn, I won't hesitate to reach out because you have to have a network of people around you who want to see you win, but who will also help you get there. Um, there are certain things with me and Dry, we're sisters, but she has certain strengths that I don't have and then vice versa. But what we do is we maximize off of one another's strengths and then also assist each other in the areas of weaknesses that we have because, you know, I think Dry said this on our, um, on our sister ties one, you know, I'm very structured. I'm very like ordered, like that's just my personality. Dry is not. But Jariah is also more personable and more fun. So she allows me to see the good things and some things that I may take too serious. And so we find a balance with that and it challenges us to grow in difficult situations and also, like I said, fun situations. So I think you hit on, like I said, some really key things, Jariah, talking about that mentorship part um, and also accountability because that is so essential as an adult, you need to be accountable for the actions, the things you put out, the things you say, and the things that you do, because one mistake could cost you a fortune, could cost you your life, could cost you your freedom, could cost you so many different things. And so um, if yeah. we leave you with anything, Dry, you got any other last comments to say? I have more strength than me just being fun. <laughs> No Lord. Okay. Girl, I know I'm not listening. She be talking. I'm it's I'm not structured. And let me say why I'm not structured. I am very I am very passive. Like Jakari is very like she wants things to be, she's a black and white person. There's no gray area for her. So that makes her more serious because she's like, This is like this is what I need to be. I understand that I'm not in control of none of this. I wake up in the morning and Jesus take the wheel. I don't know what's going to happen today. You know, I can make oh plans, but you know, you know, we like Tasha Max said, when you make plans, God laughs at you. You don't know what we finna have going on. So I'm the type of, I'm very passive. I kind of just go with the flow. Of course, when it comes to like 
planning and being like when it comes to my daughter of course I'm structured like we ain't, you ain't gonna run amok through the palace but when it comes to things like how Jakar like if this is work or just so many different things like planning things Jakari is like the go-to person but if they want to kick it and have fun she coming to me so I have more than just me being fun I'm very understanding and I'm very passionate and Jakari is you know she's the same way but it's very much so me yeah I agree she just hit the nail on the head there so <laughs> Um, I hope, you know, you guys have learned something with us. Um, I will be dropping my finance podcast very soon. So be on the lookout for that. Yes. Um, Support yeah, my and, and like I said, <laughs> Yeah, I said, I got a lot of knowledge. I have a lot of skills that I really, like I said, for me, it's more so not about the money, but more so, like I said, empowering people with the knowledge because we've come from that. We've seen specifically, like I said, not having all of the information or all of the tools to make better or informed decisions as we were growing up in college. Um, and so I have really made a promise to myself that that's something that I want to live and leave and give back to my community. So yes, yeah, support your good sis and her business ventures. And Jariah got some stuff that's coming too. Cause like I said, these multiple streams of income, it don't stop with one sis. We got to get everybody on that same page um, and making sure that we are making money while we are asleep. Um, and you have yeah, some exciting. You have some exciting news to um, share with the people coming up. I don't know if you want to share it on this time about like your hard work and, but I guess we can probably you know talk about that later. To my my promotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did get a promotion. I am now the director in my department. Um, I can honestly say God has been so sufficient. Um, things have really just been like doors have been opening up for me, like out of nowhere. Um, with me passing my test, my certification, with me getting this promotion, I've been taking on more responsibilities. Um, I was not even say I'm bringing a seat to the table, sis, I'm bringing the whole table, okay. Um, I also want to just add to um, making sure, like I said, I'm putting myself in a position to learn more, to be an advocate for my community, uh, for my family, uh, for people who look like me. Um, and that, like I said, you know, requires me to become more involved. So I am serving um, in a leadership institute that is really kind of providing me with a little bit more resources and tips. Um, that I can kind of really, like I said, uh, be of assistance to organizations as well as even my own not-for-profit organization. So, um, you know, I thank you guys so much for tuning in with us today, learning, growing. Um, you know, we had to, you know, we took a little break to, re, you know, rejuvenate, to, you know, relax as it was Women's History Month, but we coming back stronger. Um, with more topics that we want to keep y'all informed in. Um, and keep you guys growing and learning with us through this thing called Sis Talk. So I'm Jakari. And I'm Jariah. And this is Sis Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in with us and catch us on our next episode. See you guys. Bye.